Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Undying Light listeners. Thank you for tuning in to today's new episode. I am so thankful that you are here. If you are new to this podcast, we are a show that is driven to discussing the Bible and various topics that come up in the church life, and we take it at a mostly a Lutheran perspective, as I am a Lutheran pastor, but we take it from a biblical perspective. What does Scripture say? And we'll look at different accounts through different uh, study Bibles and commentaries and all sorts of things. But uh, really, for the last handful of months, we have been scouring through Scripture and exegeting really difficult books, for a lack of a better term, we we've concluded all of revelation when we finished our study on eschatology. And then we moved into this series that we're currently in the least of these, where we did the song of Solomon and then Esther. And now we're doing Ecclesiastes. So today we're going to look at chapter one of Ecclesiastes. There are some things that I'm currently working on for undying light. We are going to start a series on, the uh, Lutheran faith, because I want to walk us through kind of the fundamental aspects of the Lutheran faith. And then we're going to kind of pair that to where's the similarities, the overlaps, or the differences between Lutheranism and Reformed faith or Calvinism. Uh, we will handle both of the uh, you know sides of the arguments, I pray, in a very open and engaging way. Uh, I'm hoping to get a guest or two on the show when we get to that point so we can have some dialogue back and forth, some, some you know, questions, answers, and, you know, uh, and sharing of, of viewpoints and perspectives. So that is coming down the chute. I'm going to probably start working on part one of this, sh- of this long series. I, I envision it to take a very long time to go through that concept. And those will drop on Tuesdays. My goal is to start recording soon. Um, And we're going to actually look at the Book of Concord uh, as being kind of the fundamental 
basis of confession for the Lutheran faith. If you look at uh, Reformed faith or Calvinistic faith, it's the Westminster Catechism or the Westminster Confession or the Heidenberg or the 1689. Uh, those are th- the three most popular ones that, that uh, are drawn uh, people to it. The Presbyterians use a Westminster and the Baptists use the 1689. So we're going to get into all of that over the course of the show. We won't go through each question and answer or each article, but we will still take the time and try and answer some of these big questions that uh, might just seemingly be posed to your into your mind, uh, especially when you see you know popular. Lutheran people who don't look like they're essentially Lutheran, like Chris Roseboro uh, or even Jordan Cooper. When you see these guys on YouTube or on uh, Instagram or Facebook or whatever platform you find them on, they come off as what does scripture say? What does the Bible say? And that's a really fundamental aspect to the Lutheran faith. And, And I have to preference all of this with the fact that the ELCA does not represent Lutheran faith. They are off in their own t- world. They do their own thing. They do not represent true, authentic Lutheran faith. So if the first thing that comes to your head when you think of Lutherans is the progressive ideological left of the ELCA, then you, that is, I want you to scratch that from your mind. It is completely out the door. So that's going to be that series. Like I said, I'm going to try and work on hopefully the first episode this week and that is going to hopefully drop in a couple of weeks for you. Going into this year, it's 2022 now, so I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas and a very blessed New Year. We have, um, just as I record today, it's the 3rd of January, so we're only a couple days into it, but a lot of things are already happening. School is going to pick back up for me here in the next day or two, and uh, I'm going to do some some work, essentially, at my at like a self-pace. I'm not going to be taking a structured class this semester. Everything that I have, I have just uh, objectives that I need to reach, and that's going to be essentially what I work on this semester. So in that, this is my essentially proposal to those who are patron supporters. You will get exclusive content to all of that. We are going to do some deep dives into the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, That's my big focus for this semester is working on those those two aspects, we're going to look at some language things, Hebrew and Greek, and we are going to tackle that. Uh, that's what I'm going to tackle this semester. That content will be made available for patrons only. So any papers that I write, any podcasts or sermons I record, or anything that I put together will be available via the patron app uh, or essentially your email if you get email notifications from them. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash undying light. You could do so for as little as a dollar a month. That gives you access to all of the content that I provide, but there will be tiers coming because we are working on building out uh, some merch tiers and annual tiers. So I'm, I'm in the process of taking that on. Uh, I just have to have the, the opportunity to sit down and really dedicate some time to it. I'm hoping again tonight, tomorrow, maybe Wednesday. That is the goal, but it's uh, something that's coming. So if you are interested in, in joining us, you can always change your subscription later 
to an annual renewal. And that would give you then the next 12 months of, you know, time with Patreon without having any sort of disruptions or worrying about your card, you know, expiration date expiring and then you missing a, uh, missing the next month of action. You know, the annual subscription, I think, is a very unique aspect to it. And so I'm looking forward to offering that soon. But all of that content will be made exclusive to patrons. All of the stuff that I do for school. And and as I've done thus far, all of that content I've done for school is only exclusive for patrons. The commentary that I wrote on Galatians this past uh, fall was made exclusive for the patrons only. Some uh, lectures that I do or some uh, lives Zoom sessions, the Bible study, all that exclusive to patrons only. So if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis and you want to get deeper into some things that we do with like the Bible studies, that's a great opportunity. Join us on Patreon, dollar a month, and you get access to two or three Bible studies in that month. We do them every other week because of the schedule with the church, but we uh, spend an hour and we're very diligent going through the text. Uh, We just started Romans, so you can get caught up on the Romans study. We did an intro last night, as I record this today, and we did verses 1 through 7 of Romans chapter 1. So we did about 40 minutes of introductions to the book of Romans, and then we did you know another 20-some minutes on those seven verses. So that is really what's happening in the ballpark of Undying Light. A lot of changes, a lot of interesting and fun things happening. Uh, I'm very excited for this year and the outlook that I'm taking in. You know, I'm going into 2022 very optimistic. I I could care less what the government says. I could care less what doctors tell me. Uh, I'm healthy, knocking on wood. If you, I am uh, blessed to be where I'm at here in Iowa, and I am taking on this year to preach Christ without a without any sort of fear creeping into my mind. So that is going to be my year. I'm going to slowly build out uh, more content and make it more available for those who subscribe to the patron side of it because they are the ones who support this ministry. But this podcast obviously will continue dropping every Friday with those bonus episodes coming on Tuesdays. Also in the works is the talking of, and it's again, just the preliminary talks, but we may do another round table, uh, this spring. So, uh, you guys have sent in your love and, and enjoyments of listening to that episode. If you haven't listened to yet, it's available on all platforms that you listen to this sh- particular show on, and you can go back and listen to it. It's, uh, the return of the round table it dropped January 1st. So go check that one out. That episode, I think, is going to be impactful for a lot of people. It's a lot of really unique things that Nick, Paul, Anthony, and I talked about. And I'm very blessed to have those three gentlemen on the show with me. So uh, we're going to see what we can put together in a couple months, and we may come back and do another episode. So uh, that's my spiel for the opening part of the show. Let's get into the context and text at hand today. We've got a lot to cover and again, keeping with that shorter format, I want to keep this, you know, um, moving right along. So we have verse one here in chapter one, and I read verses one and two last week, but we're going to do it again together. 
Um, and we're going to read all 18 verses of chapter 1. Here we go. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north. Around and around goes the wind, and on its circuits the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, they, there they flow again. All things are full of weariness, and man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor is the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, See, this is new, it has been already. In the ages before us, there is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be among those who come after. We're going to pause here. This is the first 11 verses. Uh, as this is all of the sections titled All is Vanity and... Uh, you know, Solomon really has got some strong anguish going on here. Um, so let's dig into these few verses, and then we're going to get into uh, verses uh, 11, uh, 12 through 18 to wrap out chapter 1. Uh, so this preacher, uh, again, a teacher or leader of an assembly, uh, we know it's the son of David. So this is King Solomon. This is referenced in First Kings 8, First Kings 11. Uh, here's what Luther writes. He says, I think that these words were spoken by Solomon in some assembly of his uh, retinue, perhaps after dinner or even during or even during dinner to some great and prominent men who were present. He spoke this way after he had thought long and hard to himself about the condition and vanity of human affairs, or rather of human afflictions. Then he poured this out to those who were present as usually happens, and afterwards, what he said was put down and assembled by the leaders in the community or of the church. Therefore, they also acknowledge at the end of chapter 12, 11, uh, that they have received and gathered these things from one shepherd. In the same way, it could happen to, that one of us would disclose about, disc, would discourse about human affairs while seated at the table, and others would take it down. That is then a public sermon, which they heard from Solomon. So a lot happening again, as I mentioned in these first opening verses of Ecclesiastes, we can reflect back and say, that, you know, this is a wisdom book. Um, it is, there's not any sort of promises given in any of the wisdom literature. Uh, Psalms is more of a poetry aspect, but there's some wisdom in there as well. But Proverbs Ecclesiastes, even Job, they're considered wisdom books. Uh, wisdom books generally are a teaching of the way things are in the world and the way things will be in the world. There is very little to no promises given by God in these passages. However, we do see uh, the writers reflecting out to a promise that has been given to them externally in another time. So, for instance, if we're reading 1 Kings, we're going to reach to the point where we see Solomon 
And then we will see some of these things that prophets and God are speaking to him directly. So, you know, it's, we have to approach these texts uniquely in the aspect of that we can't take them solely at face value. You know, there's a proverb out there is, you know, raise up a child in the way of the Lord and they shall not uh, leave his presence. But yet we know that in the church, there are many who go to church as a youth, grow up in the youth, believing in Jesus. And then when they become an adult, they walk away from the church. Some may come back. I came back, but others may not. So it's not a promise that if you raise your kid up in the church, that they're always going to be a Christian, but it's a way to keep the generations moving forward in, in the reflection to the church health. So not necessarily a direct promise in that particular proverb, but one that we can unpack and, and hopefully understand when we put it to the greater lens of Scripture. So uh, verse 2 here, vanity, uh, it just means mere breath. We talked about this last week. Um, by repetition, he describes life that drones on and on until death, life that is empty apart from the Lord. Uh, this is what Luther says. He says, this is a, a Heberism. They sang, uh, they say song of songs. That is the supreme and most excellent song that is Solomon composed. Vanity of vanities. That is the greatest and, and highest vanity of all total and utter vanity. Vanity is the seemingly endless loop of life searching for meaning in absolute contentment, but never really finding any sort of satisfaction. Vanity of vanities uh, can also be translated as frustration. Uh, and Paul points this out in Romans 8. Uh, it can also be uh, futility to reflect the condition of creation and the despair of a world without God. Jesus Christ, by virtue of his cross and resurrection, has redeemed us from the meaningless and vanity. Luther continues, he says, Solomon introduced courtly language and as courters make it practice to avoid the simple language of their fathers, especially in writing, so Solomon does also to avoid giving the impression that he speaks as the common people do. He departs from the simplicity not only of his fathers, but also of Moses. And then uh, in verse 2, this all is referring to everything that is looked to for meaning in life, including wealth, pleasure, and philanthropy. So this is really the whole premise to the book of Ecclesiastes. Life outside of Jesus Christ is pointless, is empty. You are searching for something in the in, in the grips of the world, wealth, pleasure, philanthropy, you know, your job, your success, your family, your friends, your coworkers, whatever it may be. You're searching for some sort of satisfaction in this life, but you'll never find it until you find Christ. So as Solomon is writing this, he's exclaiming to us that life outside of God is meaningless and pointless. So we can summarize uh, before we dig into them each separately, but uh, verses uh, 3 through 11, the uh, excurses indicating that human effort appears to be without benefit or purpose to demonstrate the restless cycle of human history and creation. Apart from the Lord, life is a fleeting vapor, yet by the power of God's word, creation continues in its uh, 
synodical rhythm and souls are saved for his eternal kingdom. Uh, here is Ephraim Cyrus writes, he says, the righteousness of a man has, is as nothing accounted. The work of man, what is it? His labor is altogether vanity. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Of you, O Lord, of your grace, it is that in your nature we should become good. Of you is righteousness, that we uh, from men should become righteous. Of you is the mercy and favor, that we from the dust shall become your image. All right, so let's dig into verses 3 through 11 now. That just kind of summarizes the this collection, but let's dig into them. This toils, uh, it's... Basically, a toil is cyclical and dissatisfying. Generation after generation rises and falls in the broken world, and we must not forget the simple pleasures of life. And we will see this demonstrated throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, starting in chapter 2, then we have 3, 5, 8, 9, and 11. They come from the gracious hand of our Heavenly Father and are accepted gratefully. And then the phrase under the sun, this is on earth, the fleeting sense that this world contrasts with the prominence of heaven. So toiling away our lives, again, outside of Christ, the world is meaningless. Generation after generation rises and falls, many of which whom reject Christ and his promise. And we continue this cycle until Jesus returns. Uh, verse 4 here. When creation is compared to with the vanity of life, it seems eternal and unchangeable. Though all things in the world are changing or are changeable, only Almighty God is eternal and unchanging. Verse 5, God's word created these things out of nothing. Genesis 1, verses 14 through 19. 
and his first word of creation still sustains them. In verse 6, the wind is ever shifting. The wind and vanity are re- repeatedly compared. Verse 7, the continual movement of the water cycle, evaporation, condensation, and uh, precipitation, dry steam beds in Israel become uncontrollable torments during heavy rain. Verse 8, the eye is not satisfied, nor the ear. The eye and the ear covet new and tantalizing things. The things mentioned in verses 4 through 7 seem never ending. Although we are not to be although we are to be grateful for God's gifts, we can never grow weary of his fatherly kindness towards us. Again, I, I just I'm so I, I love this book and, and, and I'm so ingrained in understanding the mindset of Solomon. He as we mentioned last week, he's at the end of his life and he's realizing that all of his wealth, all of his wives, all of these possessions that he has, his success as a king, it is literally pointless and meaningless. It will not do anything for him in the next life. You can't take your wealth with you to the grave. You can't take it into heaven. You don't get to take any of that. The moment you die, your life is done. There's nothing left for it. And that is what he's saying in this first chapter is when we walk out our daily lives without Christ, everything is meaningless. It's all pointless. Put together verses uh, 9 through 11. Here's what Luther writes. He says, The passage creates very great difficulties for the sophists because they read in sacred scripture that many new things have been done. For example, the nativity of Christ is something new. And that it is a new thing that his mother was a virgin. Again, in uh, Isaiah 65, I create new heavens and a new earth. Also, Revelation 21.5, I make all things new. And again, in number 16.30, the Lord creates something new on the earth. These passages caused them to repropriate erroneous claims of nonsense as they sought to harmonize what Solomon says here with with what these passages are stating. But this happened because of an ignorance of Solomon's way of speaking because they do not pay attention to what he means when he says, under the sun. For if you take this to refer to the things and the works of God themselves, it is not true. For God is constantly doing new things. But if what, but if, but it is, we do nothing new because the same old Adam is present in all of us. So it has absolutely nothing to do with what God is doing, but it has everything to do with what we're doing. And that is nothing new. We continue to battle the same old Adam that is present in all of us. And, hey, you look at that, a Windows update. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, sometimes it just humors me. I, I usually record with uh, without headphones in, and uh, I've got my you know speakers are behind my mic here, and so hopefully it didn't pick it up too bad, but uh, I just find it funny that uh, this old PC that I record on is just like, hey, you need new Windows updates. I'm like, Thanks, Windows. See, we're all human. We're not perfect. Uh, this show is definitely not professionally recorded in a professional studio and, you know, in, in, in Hollywood. I am in a basement in Iowa in a nifty little corner room that I have declared to be my studio. And, um, you know, you have to just deal with uh, life as it comes. So let's go ahead and wrap up 1 through 11 here. 
um, our lives, no matter how we how well lived, we will not f- win favor in God's sight on the last day. Life is fleeting and has no meaning apart from God's love in Christ Jesus. Faith worked in us is the is by the power of the gospel brings meaning to life and the certainty of forgiveness, life, and salvation. That's it. That is the statement of the day. Life outside Jesus Christ is meaningless. I'll repeat that. Life outside of Jesus Christ is meaningless. And that should cause us as Christians to be concerned for those who are outside, those we know in our lives that have rejected Christ, those we know in our lives who carry on with maybe a false sense of knowledgement to who Jesus is, those in our lives who continuously live in sin and the rejection of God. It is they're toiling to an empty life. They are really just doing the same things as as Solomon really has demonstrated for us in these few 11 verses here that it's a repetitive death blow essentially to the person day by day. It's the same grind, the same thing, but in Jesus Christ we're renewed and life is different. It is better. It is, you know, joyful and, and we have purpose and meaning now in this life. All right, so let's finish off here, chapter one. A vanity of wisdom. I, the preacher, have been king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I have applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity. And a striving after wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be counted. I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom, surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me. And my heart had been has had great experiences of wisdom and knowledge, and I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know the madness and folly. I have perceived what is also but is but uh, what also is but a striving after wind. For in much wisdom is much uh, zexation, and he who increases wisdom, he who increases knowledge, increases in sorrow. So uh, again, now we're taking on the concept of of wisdom here. Um, now he's speaking personally of and about his experience as Solomon is going after what he's done here. Uh, this unhappy business in verse 13, the politics and human affairs are complex and can be and become a uh, burden upon the body and soul. The preacher's uh, exploration of wisdom was vigorous and, cons- and constant as he gained insight into philosophy, mathematics, trade, merchandise, uh, mechanics, history, kingdoms, laws, etc. Everything that he pursued is a burden to the mind and body. And as he lays it out in verse 14, at the end of it, he says, and behold, it is all vanity. Life apart from the Lord is chasing after something that cannot be captured. Life apart from the Lord is just 
essentially spinning your wheels in the mud. There's nothing there's, I mean, there's, there's a hundred analogies to give, but you know, they all bring us to the same truth and the same fundamental aspect that without God in our lives, what's the purpose? But many of us in this world who are not Christians, many of those who uh, continue on in their toils and troubles uh, seek earthly pleasures and they continue to strive after them. It is why those who are so adamant about wealth and prosperity or those who are so adamant about, you know, earning so much money so they can retire comfortably or pay their bills or live an extravagant lifestyle or whatever it may be. They're striving after something they can never capture because when they reach a particular goal, they're going to realize, well, if I'm doing this, then I can certainly do more. And then they get to that. And then if I've done this thus far, I can get more. And it's, it's just, it's never satisfying. I mean, just think about it. Asking like uh, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, I, either, either of them, I don't know if they're Christian or not, but they're two of the most wealthiest men in the world. And the question to ask is, are they truly happy with that? They could buy anything they want at any time. Does that truly bring them satisfaction in this life? And sometimes people will say yes, but they have been blinded by their sin and greed. Verse 15, we do not know God's hidden will, so we must trust in his mercy and clearly see his will revealed in the word. All who were over Jerusalem before me, David and uh, Jebusite kings prior to David, Jerusalem became the Israelite capital during David's time. This was in 2 Samuel. Uh, verses 17 and 18, wisdom speaks of prudent people, madness and the folly of the foolish, self-aggrandizing people. Human wisdom alone creates madness and folly, bringing injustice and sorrow, but godly wisdom reveals the imperfection and vanity of life under the sun. The wisdom naturally unveils the injustice and corruption of humankind. To see and to understand such corruption due to sin is difficult apart from seeing the world in the light of the Holy Scripture. Uh, verse 18, this knowledge here, Luther writes, knowledge does not refer to a speculative knowledge, but a practical and ex experiential insight, a discretion in the performance of actions, what we call experience and practice in human affairs, as in the Psalm 119.66, teach me good judgment and knowledge. Wisdom, on the other hand, is the insight by which I know how the state ought to be established and administrated. This is then modified by knowledge or experience in accordance with things that are at present and with circumstances in the manner uh, and pattern that the facts and the times warrant. So we summarize these six verses. Our minds cannot fathom God's wisdom, which is hidden in Christ. And this is demonstrated for us in James chapter 3 and 1 Corinthians. We know his mercy only through wisdom revealed to us in the Holy Scripture. It is that simple. In Scripture, we are given the revelation of Jesus Christ. In Scripture, we are revealed only what God has determined and deemed us to be capable of seeing and understanding. That's why there are so many mysteries. And that is why we pursue knowledge, as even Solomon did. He went to the furthest extremes in all of these different 
career choices, if you would, as a king. He was watching over the mathematics and the and all of the mechanics and all of the building and all of that that was going on. He sought knowledge in every facet of life, and many do as well today. We try and read books or scour the internet or attend seminars and lectures and try and achieve more knowledge, but to what end? As a theologian myself, my knowledge is focused on learning more about God, and so I'm digging into the wealth of history in the church and the resources available, cultivating out what Luther and all of the reformers wrote about and seeking just a better understanding. I'm not out to be the the smartest of all. I'm not out to put myself in the forefront and say, I know better because I know just as much as the next person. I've just been blessed to have a decent memory to be able to recapture some of the things that I've learned. I read a lot of books. I enjoy to study the theology and history. And I realize that the only thing that truly brings comfort and joy is reading God's word. I have taken upon myself this year for 2022 to read the New Testament five times. And I can thank uh, a few people on uh, Instagram, Marcy for one, who drew me to that. And uh, I, I'm very excited for it. I, I'm, I'm, you know, two days into it today will be day three. And basically it's really unique because what it does is it sets you up into little blocks and you read so much in, in a loop of five. So for instance, I start with reading the gospel of Mark chapters one through three. I do that five times. And then I go to Mark chapter four and read four through six, do that five times. And then I go six to like halfway through seven. I'm just, you know, kind of memorized the first uh, couple of weeks here and you do that five times. So each block is done five times. So you will read the text five times day after day, and then you'll move on to the next chapter. And I think that's interesting. It's a unique approach. It's something I haven't done before, but I find that the wealth of God's well is so deep and, and I can never fully get to the bottom of it. I never will. And that's amazing. So that's going to wrap up today's episode, chapter one of Ecclesiastes. And I pray that you guys enjoyed this episode and this dive into Solomon's writings and what is going on here. And as always, we are going to continue on through the next handful of weeks, unpacking these chapters for you. And then we will um, maybe continue the theme of wisdom. We might look at Job next or Proverbs. I, you know, I really haven't figured that map out yet, I just kind of Whatever I feel in the moment, that's what happened last week when I sat down to record. I was really set to go into a prophet, but then I was like, "Eh, Ecclesiastes sounds better. So spur of the moment sometimes helps uh, take me into the path that you guys get to listen to on. So that's it, guys. Come and join us on Patreon. Again, you'll get so much exclusive content. Join us there for dollar a month. Uh, If you're holding out for the annual tiers, great. I much appreciate it. But again, it's not about the money to me. That's why I only have one tier. You can um, join us and partake in this knowledge, this community that we have built. And I am I, I love each and every one of my patrons. You guys are instrumental to the success of this show. And I am so blessed and appreciative of all the things that you guys have done to show me your love and support over these years. Guys, in February, we are celebrating three years of Undying Light. 
three years. That's amazing. So uh, we're going to probably do something in February to celebrate that uh, that mark. I haven't really decided yet, but I'm, I've got a couple things in my head that I'm rolling around. So three years coming next month. So thanks, guys, for your support. Thanks for listening. Again, share this with uh, your friends, your family, your social media platforms, whatever. Please share these episodes out. I would love for the word of God to be spread across the world. Uh, I have got listeners all over the world, and you guys are tremendous. And I thank each and every one of you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for making this show happen. Until next week, guys, God bless. I love you all. We'll see you later. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.